You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Since I last spoke to Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader and also Wall Street Examiner, an awful lot has happened. Mainly to Wall Street, an awful lot also to the US 10-year Treasury bond, which is the one that I watched, to Bitcoin and all sorts of other asset classes. It's about time that I addressed this appalling situation and spoke to Lee Adler, and it's exactly what I'm doing now. He's on the line now from the south of France. Lee, it hasn't been the most extraordinary time, because one, I know you're, you're into statistics, but the eight-week losing streak on Wall Street is the longest since 1923. You must have been either in raptures or tearing what's left of your hair out since we last spoke. Yeah, not really. It's just, uh, it's really in line with what I expected based on uh, the analytical framework that I live within. There, there's nothing surprising about this. We've, we've begun a secular bear market. Um, and until the Fed changes direction, uh, this is what we have to get used to. It, it's gotten a little ahead of itself and uh, on the downside, and uh, the time is right for a little bit of a rally, but sure hasn't shown much. Um, yeah, you know, the excess liquidity that has been generated in the past few weeks that, that should have generated more of a, a bounce in the stock market has been focused on um, the U.S., Treasury market instead. So we've had a little bit of a rally in the bond market, but um, stocks are just kind of laying there dead in the water. They're trying to rally, but they're not getting very far. Every time they try to rally, they don't rally, or they do rally for, you know, 12 hours or so. And then someone oh, says, the, the charts are a mess. They're yeah, just a mess. Exactly. And, 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 and as soon as they rally, people sit down and say, wait a second, I didn't get out last week and it's at my level again, so I'm going to get out now. And the other people, the fundamentalists say, let me just write down what's going on in the world. War, supply chain issues, poor company results, and it goes on and on and on. And then they say, what am I doing? Why am I even in the market? And they sell more. I mean, I'm looking at the S&P now as we pre-record this podcast. And it's, uh, okay, it's nothing spectacular. But it's down, it's, it's down a third of a percent, and it had every right to rally today, but it hasn't done so. You say we're in a secular bear market. How much further can it go after the rally that you alluded to, which will just be a dead cat bounce, of course? Well, when I use the term secular, it means that I expect this to last for years and years and years. And, you know, interrupted by a cyclical bull market or two along the way, sort of along the lines of the of the 2000 to 2009 experience or a 1968 to uh, 1982, something along those lines. But, you know, we're in the first cyclical down leg that began in January. And the the first uh, bear cycle in a secular bear typically lasts 24 to 30 months. So time is a factor. Price, um, yeah, lower. It's uh, the conventional measured move target based on uh, the breakdown from this massive top pattern that we just completed. Maybe it's 32, 3,300 on the S&P 500. Might be a little more, might be a little less. I don't know. But the, um, the point is the time, and it's going to take a long time. For, uh, for long-term investors, it's going to be hell. But for, for traders, guys that are in and out, 
that can short the market, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. So, now, not not in the last three weeks, maybe the next couple of weeks, because the market's going nowhere. It's up and down and up and down every other day, uh, a percent, two percent, this way, that way. This is garbage. This is crap. You can't trade this. It's impossible. Well, it's not impossible, but if you get it wrong, uh, it's horrible. If you get it right, then it's, it's definitely well, I, not you impossible. Know, I'm just talking about the last three weeks. It's a mess. Yeah. It's just up and down and up and down and up and down in the same narrow little trading range. Well, so it's actually a pretty wide trading range. But if you're not trading minute to minute bars, you're getting chewed up. It's a meat grinder. Okay. But on the other hand, it, people might say it is tradable if you sell every single rally. Because I'm looking at the 52 week range on the S&P, let's call it 3808, 3808, and the high. 4,808. So there's been a thousand point range on the on in the last 52 weeks. It doesn't seem to me that if you're someone with uh, long pockets, that it wouldn't have been difficult over the last eight weeks, for example, to make money because you just have just sold every rally and every. No, of course, this is this is hindsight and me talking as a hack broadcaster. But on the other hand, I think savvy traders would have made themselves quite a tidy sum. Traders, investors, there's only two rules you need to know. And I've told you this before, Lindsay. Um, the, the two rules that you need to know, number one, rule number one, don't fight the Fed. Okay. okay. If you've just followed rule number one, you don't need to know anything else. You don't need to be an investing genius. By following rule number one, you will be an investing genius. Do not fight the Fed. And rule number two is an outgrowth of that. The trend is your friend. So uh, if, if you are in the mode of not fighting the Fed, and we know that the Fed reversed course uh, towards the end of last year when it announced that it was going to begin tightening and, in fact, began to tighten, the market changed direction, and the trend, the long-term uptrend, ended. It ended at the end of last year, and it began a downtrend as the Fed shifted course into this new policy of monetary tightening. And until the Fed changes direction again and starts loosening again, you have to fight, play on the on the short side. You cannot. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're a nimble trader, you can buy the dips and it, you have to be a really good chartist and you have to watch your short term trend lines and things like that. But on the whole, don't fight the Fed. The Fed is antithetical to the market. It wants to cool consumer price inflation. And it plans to do that and to continue to do that by tightening monetary policy. As long as the Fed is tightening, stock prices are going to trend lower. And yes. that's all you need to know. Yes, okay, those two things you need to know. But on the other hand, the the bear case has been embellished by all sorts of other things as well. It's been doesn't matter what notably the wars. Is. No, it does matter. Of course it does. And no, it doesn't. A war affects people's psyche. It affects people's sentiment. And supply chain issues affects people, and um, not people so much as um, corporate, uh, the ability of certain companies to do business, to manufacture whatever they manufacture. So you've got this perfect storm. It's not quite a perfect storm, but excuse goodness me, me it's, I take it's, a nap it's very blustery. While I, yeah, excuse me while I take a nap while you're telling me all this secondary narrative stuff. <sighs> well, excuse me, Lee. I mean, uh, hello. It, it, you, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't tell me that it's just the Fed. It's a lot of other things that have come together with the Fed. I mean, don't be so arrogant about your narrative about uh, what's what's causing the market to go down, it, because the market's gone down further and more aggressively because of the other factors I've just mentioned. 
In the immortal words of the great Clarence Darrow, it's irrelevant and immaterial. The, the, the economy, the fundamentals are only relevant to the extent that uh, a strong economy generates increasing tax revenue and increasing tax revenue reduces the debt supply. And that's bullish. OK, now we have inflation increasing tax revenue in the short run. But in the U.S., tax revenue still, even though we've had this enormous tidal wave of tax revenue that just came in in April, that, that shrunk the deficit temporarily and shrunk the supply on the market temporarily, that is a short-term phenomenon. And inflation is causing the Fed to tighten. As the Fed tightens, the markets will crack. And as the markets crack, the economies will begin to contract. And in fact, on, on a volume basis, they are already contracting, but that's being hidden by inflation. We have such high inflation that the top line numbers are still showing growth and the tax revenues are still growing. But it's not enough. It is with the Fed. Out, and, and don't forget, starting in June, the Fed is actually going to be withdrawing money from the banking system in America. So when the Fed starts to do that, the conditions are going to get even more negative for the markets. Okay, give me some predictions then, because you're so clever and because you poo-poo <laughs> people like me uh, talking about the fundamental factors. Uh, don't, forget, a, yeah. don't forget, don't forget, don't forget that people run markets, and if people's psyche and, and if people's general demeanour are negative and people are depressed when it comes to markets anyway. They may be happy everywhere else, maybe having barbecues and having a load of fun yep. in the uh, Northern Hemisphere summer. That's absolutely fine. But people do run the markets. So don't, dis well, don't, dis don't dismiss basis? all the other things as well. And on what basis are they running the markets? They run it on the markets. They press the buttons. Much, that, uh, that uh, How much coin they have in their pocket, okay? How much money do they have? And when you have more money, you feel better and you are more aggressive about buying stocks, okay? So that's what drives it. It's the money. It, the money is fundamental at every level in, in terms of the public so mood. So if you're depressed, the Lee, mood. If, you're, if, if you're prone to depression, for example, and you've got loads and loads of money, do you sit, wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm really depressed, but I've got loads of money, so I'm going to buy the market? No, you don't, because you don't, <laughs> you don't have the propensity to press the buy button. Come on now, Lee, you're a, you're a human being. You've been through lots in your life, I know. Uh, because I I've, I'm not a psychiatrist. I've spent not, a lot I'm of time a, with you. No, it, 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 I'm not it, an armchair psychiatrist. No, I'm not. <laughs> you need, All I know is I'll tell you what, money, you need a psychiatrist. Money, money makes the world go round. Money makes investors have attitude changes, Okay. And the Fed is, and the Fed, and soon the ECB will be joining. They are pulling money out of the banks, okay? And people will have less money. I the agree US with government you. Will, the U.S. government will continue to demand more money. They will need more. The U.S. government will need credit, more credit to buy, to pay its bills, especially when the U.S. economy begins to contract under the weight of this tightening, which it will which it will. So, yeah, the, the economic narrative will eventually reinforce the, the, uh, the liquidity situation, the money situation. But in the end, they're going to move together. And it's the money that will drive things. And the Fed will not relent until the markets force it to. Either the markets or some level of decline in the consumer inflation rate. I don't know what that is. But you know, the markets are going to crack first. You know, we've already been in 
a bit of a crash here. And I think that when the Fed actually begins to pull money out of the system starting next week, mm. first week in June, okay, this is going to get worse. And by July and August, it's going to be really bad. And that's going to force the, the Fed into a situation where it's going to have to make some decisions about whether it's willing to tolerate inflation or whether it's going to will be willing to tolerate a financial collapse. Do you now, think, financial, d- no, the financial we, collapse will do the Fed's work for it. It will contract the economies mm. and it will bring the consumer inflation down. But first, the crash comes first. Okay, so July, August, uh, first week in June, yeah. the liquidity is withdrawn from the banks and liquidity uh, shrinks and the market has become addicted to the liquidity. Then the market cracks. Then does the Fed say, wait a second, this is no good. And they get political pressure from whoever's in, in power at the time. And then the pressure, do they reverse? The no, 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 no. Just be quiet. Just, just be quiet for a second, if you would. Has the Fed the capacity to do a U-turn? In other words, start re-pumping the system with liquidity? I just follow what they're doing. I don't try to predict what they're going to do. Oh, I'm not please. a chess. I'm not a chess player. Okay? You're a predictor. You You've Lindsay, just predicted. You know, you, but you don't. No, no. I'm a trend follower. Okay. Well, the only thing I want to do is follow the trend and identify when the trend is changing direction. I don't need to be ahead of the trend. I'm not moving billions of dollars. Okay. I'm not a gigantic hedge fund that needs to take positions ahead of trend changes and take enormous risks. All I need to do is identify the turning points. And when the Fed begins to reverse, it'll let us know. It'll tell us, well, we're thinking about reversing. And the market might stick its head up, but the market won't really begin to move until the money begins to flow. So the market will reverse when the Fed reverses policy. We don't need to. We don't need to anticipate. Okay, I need some gossip though. Do you think that there's, there's a few hedge funds or a few banks, uh, proprietary trading desks that have been in trouble? Because I've seen some really wild swings. And it, absolutely. It, you think so? Absolutely. Oh, Good. absolutely. Well, I know it from following the banking data. You know, the, the banks are not required to mark their bond portfolios to market, and yet they've been buying bonds as prices have collapsed for the last year and a half. So they have enormous portfolios that are underwater or a tremendous portion of their portfolios that are underwater. That, that, those losses are only going to be recognized when the Fed begins to withdraw money from the system mm. and the banks are forced to liquidate some of that. So we're going to start seeing surprise losses in these banks' bank earnings reports. We've already seen a, a, you know, a hint of it here and there. But, so, yeah, they're sitting on losses. I, I think that some of these guys are all – actually insolvent, but the Fed has been keeping them afloat. That is no longer the case. The Fed is not playing that game anymore. So a second quarter earnings uh, for the banks may, I mean, when you when you delve down into the numbers and go below the headlines, you'll see the prop trading desk actually uh, lost, lost, lost uh, uh, 7.8 uh, billion or something you know, that's a ridiculous number but 340 million or something because they've had it so good for so long and i don't yeah. want i don't want anyone to lose money but i think they had it coming to them don't you yeah the banks uh you know the 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 fed has been paying the bankers for a dozen years you know they they're giving them free money they are rewarding them for playing this game that the fed wants them to play Meanwhile, the Fed has been punishing honest savers, hardworking people who don't want to take risks. The Fed has been punishing those people for a dozen years, stealing their, their life savings from them. You know, it's disgusting uh, what Fed policy has done. 
you know, you reward these uh, these speculators that basically are just living by by cheating and knowing the rules of the game and, uh, you know, getting free money from the Fed and then the Fed pays them interest on top of that. Uh, it's it's sordid. It's it's bad. It's it's an immoral policy that finally is coming home to roost. And the Fed has boxed itself into a corner. There's no way out of this. We either pay for it with high uh, consumer inflation or we pay for it with a financial collapse or we pay with both. And and that's the that's the, the corner that they've painted us into. Okay, you said you're not in the business of predicting. You said you just follow the money, you just follow the Fed, uh, but you you clearly have a view because otherwise you wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, before well, I was before we went on air, you were talking about you know uh, Putin's uh, Putin's rockets uh, potentially yeah. uh, doing all sorts of things. So of course you've got a view. What is your view, Lee? Come on, and never mind the statistics. I mean, you, you're not a cold person. I've I've known you for many many years, and I've I've well, been I've been in Central Park with you. I've been on the the Cote d'Azur uh, with you. And I know that you have opinions on this matter. You're not a cold-hearted analyst. Well, you are, but you've got you other know, views uh, as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, my my heart wants to be optimistic that we'll find a way out of this. Mm. Uh, that that Putin won't uh, use his nuclear capacity to destroy uh, the U.S. and Western Europe, and you know, have us send our bombs to Russia in return. You know, I. I that's an unimaginable outcome yes. in, in most respects, but yet on an intellectual basis, we have to know that it's possible. So, you know, in the end, what does this game of the market really mean? Well, it gives us some intellectual challenge and, uh, you know, it, it's fun to play when you're winning. And if you have a system that works and, and gives you right answers more often than you get wrong answers, well, it's a lot of fun. But in the meantime, the world is crumbling around us. There's immense human suffering. It's hard, you know, it's hard not to uh, to feel that. And uh, it's I don't know what the outcome is going to be, my friend. I really don't. And no, I don't. We, we just do. We do what we do day to day and love your family, hug your children and your grandchildren and make the best of the day to day. That's my advice. Yeah, well, there's 19 families in Texas that won't be hugging their children uh, right. today because they've been slaughtered. America is yeah. a broken society. Let's get uh, yep. just for the last couple of minutes. Uh, you've you've moved to Europe because and one yep. of the reasons is apart from Europe, the, the part of Europe that you're in is very, very beautiful. Um, the other reason is that you don't like America. Correct or not? Well, I love America, but the ideals upon which it, it, it was founded uh, have been are severely threatened at this point. Uh, America is a very dangerous place to be. It's one of the most dangerous places on Earth. And Europe is safe. Um, yes. Europe, Europe has culture. Europe has some sanity. And Europe has its divisions, obviously, but uh, I think that if there's any hope for the future, it's in the in the old world right here and in the ways of the old world. And, you know, hopefully uh, war does not tear us all asunder. And, and I hope that Europe can pull together and achieve uh, its vision of uh, some kind of a unity and, and commitment to democracy and culture and freedom. So, you know, I see the great hope of the future being right here in the old world. And 
you know, hopefully the U.S. will not descend into the kind of chaos that it might if the fascists assume uh, complete control here, which is a distinct possibility after November. Well, I can tell you something, that if uh, Ted Cruz and uh, Abbott, the governor of Texas, goes, both of those people go to the NRA, uh, National Rifle Association uh, uh, Conference in Texas this weekend, then that is... That is pure fascism. I'm sorry. After what has happened, they yeah. should say, I'm sorry, I'm not going there. But they well, won't. It, They'll both go. The, uh, the, the November midterm congressional elections really uh, are the fulcrum for the future of, uh, of, the, uh, of Western civilization, I think, because if the Republicans take full control of Congress, it's a question of whether there's enough people of conscience in, in the Congress to, the, you know, they don't just go ahead and appoint a president in uh, in the next cycle in 2024. Mm. In that case, uh, the U.S. descends into absolute fascism and the rest of the world is, is screwed. Lee Adler, how do we get in touch with you, whether it be via Liquidity Trader or Wall Street Examiner? Please give us some details, because I know after this um, chat that we've had, uh, a lot of interest will have been piqued. Well, a lot of uh, uh, folks who are interested in the daily trends of the market. I write a free post uh, on the Wall Street Examiner every morning as far as the uh, technical outlet uh, outlook for the trading patterns for the day, and that's free. But if you're really interested in an in-depth understanding of how money drives markets and how we can read the trends with technical analysis, and I also offer some swing trade chart picks uh, both for uh, regular stocks and, and gold stocks, then please join me at the liquiditytrader.com. I offer a 90-day risk-free trial, and you can sign up for it there, liquiditytrader.com. Very good. And I would recommend um, anybody to do that. And um, I'm sure you will after the last uh, 20 minutes or so talking to Lee Adler, who has uh, insulted me horribly uh, th <laughs> throughout the interview. But uh, I, I know it's with, it's with his tongue firmly in his cheek. Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader and the Wall Street Examiner. Thank you very much. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.